Hello wonderful people and welcome into the J-Rod Sports Pod where Ollie and I are going to be looking at the world of football today and taking a brief look at the biggest news and headlines from around the Premier League and world football in general. So let's jump straight into the conversation that Ollie and I are having about football this week. Right, so Ollie, I think the first thing I want to bring up is... Um, and you're not gonna you're not gonna enjoy this conversation. Arsenal, we're just on a roll, aren't we? I mean, we're just on a roll. Only Man City have scored more points than us in the last five games. We got four wins and a draw out of it. I think we're gonna win the league. I mean, the only benefit I could say, and the only way this is potentially happening, is that everyone in the league seems to be within ten points of each other. Oh, I mean, we're ten points off first place. So what's that? First place by the end of Feb. I mean, I mean, it's a good played, time. It's a good time this to be to be getting good, isn't it? Because you know, transfer window, Özil's out the door, so everyone else is like, "Wow, well, what do we do? What do we do?" And then it's kind of like, "Well, actually, we're playing well. We're winning games. So, do I want to leave?" I mean, the answer is still yes. I think he is such such a big loss. I get like the young guys are playing well. But and I, I don't I don't think I fully understand the situation there, but someone of his quality to to not have him involved is is like just horrendous. Now what I would say is regarding your last five games, okay, you played was it Newcastle last night one three nil that's good clean sheet. Yeah. What I would say is. You're so secure at the back. This is the most secure you've been. That's the bit I'm impressed with. Like 3-0 at Newcastle. Okay, you draw 0-0 with Palace. Um, beat West Brom 4-0. Brighton 1-0. Chelsea 3-1. And then before that, you had your stumblings of lost to Everton 2-1. Drew with Southampton one all, Lost to Burnley 1-0. Lost to Tottenham 2-0. Lost to Wolves 2-1. Drew with Leeds 0-0. Lost to Villa 3-0. Hey, it's 2021. 2021. 2021 is a new year. We don't, we don't need to go back into 2020. I'm, I'm not... We're over it. No, Moving for forward. sure. But I think the positive thing is, is Smith-Rowe, he looks great. Um, and mm-hmm. and I think, yeah, like it, it, the clean sheets are the big positive, I would say, for Arsenal fans at the moment. Yeah. Okay, I mean pivoting, pivoting obviously away from the biggest team in the league. Um, I mean, there was a bit, bit of a, bit of a dull match between United and Liverpool this weekend. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, George's probably yeah, George's blood affair. pressure was pretty much, I think, you know, sky high <laughs> like the entire time. Um, as a Liverpool fan, it was nice not to lose. I woke up just dreading. I was like, this is going to r- ruin my weekend. Because all all Liverpool results tend to recently, um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, hopefully it's it's just I don't get how we've gone from beating Palace seven nil to then not scoring in like three or four games. Um, so yeah, they need to figure out how to get all of them firing again. Um, the only positive I would say is Fabinho looks like the best centre back in the league, um, and Thiago. Oh, I just love watching Thiago play. <laughs> Every ball he, every ball he mm. plays, I'm like, oh, George, did you see that? 
um so so yeah he's a positive but yeah to be honest if you look at i think leicester if they beat chelsea tonight can go top which is mental um i think city are as in man city sorry are they have to be favorites humming um they're just yeah. They are humming. I mean, that's a team that it's all, they're all singing. Yeah, off the and it's same Kevin De Bruyne's song sheet. I'm not sure. I'm not sure it's Pep yeah. anymore. It's just it's De Bruyne. No. Um, but if you were Pep, yeah, why would you change for it? sure. Like, um, I mean, I, I think he's. I think he's play, He's the best footballer in the world right now. I want to disagree with you purely out of like it's always Messi or Ronaldo, but I do agree with you. I, I do. I think mm. the ball he played to Foden last night, or the night before last, sorry, where he just skipped past a few and he whipped it round like three Palace defenders. I was like, most people don't even see that, like that it's a potential pass. So yeah. he's just yeah, he's seeing the the football pitch at a different level to everyone else right now. And I think we we talk about it occasionally in the NFL with like a good quarterback, and it's things like. He's one of those people that can create space for others just by playing the for right sure. ball. Like he can he can make a chance into a goal essentially by just playing the ball into exactly the right spot so that only a city player can. No, get for it. sure. And he's he's got that vision to sort of open up um open up defensive you know, back lines just by I mean, playing what looks like so simple football, but is obviously unbelievably difficult. <laughs> for to sure, do. for sure. He sees the football pitch very differently to everyone else. Yeah. Um, okay, then. So, I mean, this Leicester-Chelsea game. I mean, who, who's, your, who's your money on here? I think the team in form are Leicester. Mm. I think Fulham, when they played Chelsea a couple of days ago... Until the red card, which was unfortunate, they looked truly in the game and gave Chelsea big problems. Um, and yeah, they just going forward, I just don't have a lot of confidence in Chelsea at the moment. Like, none of these transfers seem to be working or blending. The only one is like Pulisic. Um, yeah, I think Leicester win this something like 2 1. Um, but at some point, you'd expect Chelsea to start getting results. Yeah, and I hope like it depends if this is a game where like they fancy it. it it's interesting because when when Leicester won the league, everyone was kind of like, "Oh, this is a flash in the pan. This is a once in a lifetime opportunity." Like they've done this once, but they're actually, I mean, they they are consistently very very good. I mean, like where, where they finished fourth last year was it? And no, they the fifth. They dropped out on oh, that last yeah, day. They dropped out on the last day, but like. Since since then, they've arguably been a top, you know, a top five side. They've probably replaced Arsenal as the top five, top six side that we'd like to think that we would never not be. Yeah. Um, and it, now it it's kind of got to the point where it's like we're comfortable seeing Leicester sat in third. For sure, that's I a think bizarre state. Like that's a bizarre thing if if we look back five years or ten years. Well, I think, what is it? I think they won the league in 2015. And it very much, I remember we spoke about this in like our, our look forward to like these next seasons. And we said, you know, Leicester, they, 
I think they finished like 12th and then they won the league and then they finished 12th again. And then it was like 8th and then it was like 6th. And like you said, they finished 5th last year. And so they've just been slowly but surely like building on it each year. And their recruitment's incredible, I think, to get the players they get and they don't overpay. You know, Tillemans pretty, like, could start for Belgium, I think. Fafana is someone at the back who just looks incredible. And, and yeah, it's just... Um, I think when the first time the top four wasn't uh, Man U, Liverpool, Arsenal, Chelsea, when Man City kind of came into that conversation, they kind of broke the mould. And now you see Tottenham trying to get in and Leicester trying to get in and Everton under Ancelotti have to feel like it's it's not long before they start getting involved in that conversation. Um, I mean, so they, also, they also do have... I mean, they've got a game in hand. They're, them and City have both got a game in hand. But if if Everton win their game in hand, I mean, suddenly they're up to third. Yeah, no, for sure. And it's it's like this. I think it's something like the next time Liverpool play, they could be fifth or sixth. Yeah, which is mental, and it just shows you actually every five games, like the table is just swapping round massively, and and yeah, I think the only I think that game in hand is against each other. Hmm. So you know, like that kind of takes it out a little bit, but but like you said, it's not I think like it's you've got a game in hand against Sheffield United. Exactly, I think, and it's also like Villa, who are eleventh. I think they've only played fifteen games, and if you if they win all four of their remaining games, they go second or something like that. Yeah. So if we're just like at an incredible time in the Premier League, where I don't think anybody knows, like who's going to finish where and we've only just made it to well some teams have only just made it to halfway so that's a real like it's a unique situation it's not just two or three teams or one team running away with it it's like you could realistically go and put a bet on any one of Man U, Liverpool, Man City, Leicester you know to to win the league and that's mm. just crazy yeah um i mean west ham West Ham are currently ninth uh, and just about to kick off against West Brom, who are 18th. I mean, if West Ham win that game, suddenly they're sixth. <laughs> oh, that's so what I mean. and, and that's what it means. Like We have games like every day now. Yeah. So it's not like you can you can finish... like If you play late one weekend and then you're playing like later again, by the time everyone's played, like there's so much more than pressure on you for you to get like a result. And I think that's just crazy. Do you think... So, uh, last time they played, I think they beat Wolves 3-2, West Brom. Um, a big result for them. Do you think Big Sam is is capable of getting them out? I think, obviously, we've seen it in the past. But do you think they can turn it around? Or is this a bit like... I don't know. There's just a bit of a jump, isn't there? I think you get to 16th and then there's a bit of a jump up to everyone else. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. So Newcastle are in fifteenth on nineteen points, and Wolves are in fourteenth on twenty-two. So, I mean, there's a bit of a jump there. Brighton are on seventeen points in sixteenth. Burnley are on sixteen points in seventeenth, and then Fulham are on twelve points in eighteenth. So there is a bit of a gap there. Yeah. Um, uh, also, Burnley and Fulham have both got a game in hand already against West Brom. And they're about so, to have two games in hand against West Brom. So, yeah. look, I think when you when we when we look back at Big Sam's career, regardless of what he does, this is going to be his 
biggest challenge to save a side from relegation. Um, For sure. I think if there's someone to do it, I think they've picked the right guy. Um, but I think this is going to be a really, really tall order. For sure. And I'd say going against the West Ham side that I would like to say that David Moyes has kind of resurrected his career a little bit. Mm. They they almost look like the Everton of Moyes, you know, mm. that was comfortably always between 10 and 10th and 5th. Yeah. You know, like he obviously didn't have a great time at United. I'm not sure anybody could have gone to United at that time and done well with the situation. Um, but to go to West Ham, build, make some good transfers like Sojcek, etc. Like, I think it's quite impressive. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, okay, I mean, just, just rounding out some of the games from this weekend, Sheffield United, I mean, just having a torrid time with it, 3-1 down on Tottenham this weekend. Tottenham, Tottenham are a funny side at the moment. Like, they're, they're on that knife edge for me of, like, I don't really know what they are. Like, are they going to suddenly be serious contenders or are they suddenly just going to kind of teeter the other way and end up finishing eighth oh no for sure and I think it was like seven or eight games ago it was them and Liverpool top of the league and then within four or five games Tottenham were like down in sixth or seventh everything had swung the other way a few draws here you know and and suddenly you do drop out of it I think so it's going to be like who can who can put together the best second half of the season um, and hopefully Mourinho is someone who can get those guys going, but it's not. They don't set the world alight. Yeah, I think, you know if they can't win this year with how well Kane and Son are playing, or at least get into the Champions League, like you have to question like what what more can you do? You know, like it, it does it does. Unless, unless it's just such a crazy year that just you can't really take anything into account this year, but someone's going to miss out, and unfortunately, it does feel like Spurs are going to be the ones like that do. Yeah. Sorry, I'm just like, I'm quite conf- well. I was just momentarily quite confused by the BBC Sport website because kick off they've just kicked off, and suddenly West Ham jumped up to seventh. And I was like, oh my God, they've just scored. And then I went on it and it's like, oh no, it's a, it's nil-nil, obviously. And so they've just given them a point. Oh, right, yeah, okay. <laughs> and put them above Chelsea and Southampton. I'm like, what's going on? Yeah, Jesus. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, look, I mean, that's what it is. Even if it finishes nil-nil, West Ham are in seventh and Chelsea are in eighth and Southampton ninth. Like, yeah, it's just crazy. And with them playing, like I said, every day, like, it's just constantly changing. It's like there's no set form. You don't, you know, play Saturday and at the end of Saturday you kind of know what the table is going to look like. You're just constantly having to check. Yeah. All right. My one of my last questions then for you, um, as like, as someone who spent a long time playing the game, I mean, how impressive is everything that Bruno Fernandez is doing? Because. Uh, Logic has to tell me that his talent is going to run out at some point and then United will just start falling down the table. But Logic's been telling me that for four months and it hasn't happened. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you look at... I think there's well, there's obviously a correlation between when he plays well, they do well. 
and you saw how he he was livid and I would say very pissy when he got taken off against Liverpool because he just had such a poor game and in turn United didn't really have anyone to turn to um, and and that just shows like he he is he is so good um, and it pains me to say um, he's he's he does he has that awareness of of everywhere else I think as well we've we've not been used to having United have someone like that, that they can rely on that always performs game in, game out. You know, does De Bruyne deserve probably half of his four player of the month awards? Probably. But we get used to that greatness, you know, when we watch sports so much. But with Fernandez, he's just come on and actually hit the ground running. And to do that in the Premier League is just so impressive, especially when it, it was what, like, farmers league in portugal you know like <laughs> that's how people describe you know and it's actually he comes and he hits the ground running he's the best player now at, at united and and arguably one of the best players in the league and so to do that day in day out he's just yeah it's incredible and um it's i think it speaks volumes to his quality if like you took away everything that he did I don't think United would be too far off Arsenal. Yeah, um, and I think that's my my concern with them is like with, with these teams that are sort of they the team goes as he goes essentially. You know that's not really sustainable, and that's why no, I think sure. in the wash like this will come out, and that's why I don't think United are contenders this year. I mean, it's it's a great position that they're in, but you can't rely on Bruno Fernandes turning up every day. You can't rely on him being exceptional every day. And I don't think the foundation of that team is good enough. I think Liverpool got cagey and weren't playing. I mean, Liverpool play well when they don't fear losing. I think because they were fearing losing against United. They were tight and it it just didn't feel like a sort of the open free-flowing Liverpool that we want to see and I think that's credit to United but equally United play well when Bruno Fernandes plays well and that's far harder to rely on for sure and it looked Liverpool looked forced like everything looked forced like Trent was trying to force things Robertson they weren't just doing things like they usually do it Um, and you know whether the way United set up with uh, McTominay and Fred, like kind of sitting, didn't really allow. It just brought them all. They played quite defensively, which I was quite surprised at. And I think actually, if you look at if they're going to play like that against like the rest of the top six and others, then yeah, like they're not going to get enough points. Um, and I think that's where they might come unstuck a little bit there. Right, the, the other thing we've got to talk about. Um, Wayne Rooney officially retired this week uh, to take over as like as manager full-time at Derby. Um, I, I, saw an interview, I saw an interview with Gary Neville, also Gary Neville, a bit like a soundbite. And he was like, he's the best centre-forward that he ever played with at United. And he was like, him and, him and Ronaldo are always going to be up front in whatever best team Gary Neville ever picks. I mean, Rooney did he not play with so young Van Nistelrooy? Yeah. I mean, 
mean, that's a big thing to put. Yeah, I mean, yeah, go on, carry on. Uh, Rooney, I, I think Rooney had more explosive power. Like, Rooney could create a goal on his own. Van Nistelrooy just finished everything. Like, everything inside the box just Van Nistelrooy just put away. But I think they were very different. Who would I want on my team? Um, <laughs> tough question. Go on then, pick. Yeah. Who do you want on your team? Well, I mean, if I'm picking a United team, I'm playing four up front. <laughs> <laughs> it's going something like Giggs out on the left, uh, Rooney, Van Nistelrooy. Three, um, three, four. <laughs> yeah, who's out on the right? Um, yeah, Ronaldo. I don't know, someone like Diego Forlan, Cam, just behind. <laughs> oh, Diego Forlan. <laughs> I mean, that's what it is. You forget that, um, like... United have had all these players that have, like, at the end of their career, just didn't gone there to play a bit. You didn't even say Beckham. I don't think I grew up with United Beckham, though. Really? I grew, I grew up, I think, with, like, a, what was that, 2005, 2006? Did he go to Real Madrid? Yeah. And that was where, like... What was I? I was seven or eight there, and that was when like peak football memory goes in. That was the first FIFA I played, and so like that was the one that I I grew up with. And that when I think of Rooney, I think of England's golden generation, and it it angers me <laughs> that like we we didn't do anything with it. Mm. Um, and it was there was so much like at the time you could have named maybe three or four of them in your team of the year, yeah, like globally. But we can't, we never were able to put something together, and and I think that's a real shame. And probably the only mark against Rooney is that like internationally we never won a a major trophy. Yeah, I I mean, don't get. Oh, I think he's a hell of a player. Uh, I think him and Shearer, the best Premier League strikers ever. Oh, like I mean, come on now. On goals, statement. Oh, I've, I'm so statement. sorry. I completely forgot about Henri. I would put Henri above yeah, I was about to say. both of them. <laughs> so, I'm really sorry. I do. I do mean that. <laughs> Henri is. Yeah, sorry. <clears throat> but yeah. So, and I think what's good for me, I think, with Rooney and management is obviously Frank was at Derby. It seems like yeah. a good place. Just like they give him the trust. Like he seems to have a very good footballing brain. And I think he will be like successful there eventually. I just hope he stays there a while. Yeah. I feel like someone like you, know, like I think we forget about Gerard sometimes because he's up at Rangers and it's like Scottish Premier League, etc. But like the longer he stays there, I think the better manager he will be eventually. Yeah. Whereas I think sometimes Frank maybe went to Chelsea a bit too early and was a bit unsettled and not, well, not settled in his ways too much. He's still mm. trying to figure some things out. Um, so How long yeah. was Frank at Derby? I don't think it was a long time. And how long was he, was he at Chelsea as an assistant? No, never, I don't think. You see, that's the thing with Arteta. Like him and Arteta are the same age, but or like similar ages. But like Arteta was an assistant for ages with Pep, and actually, like 
either you're either you're managing a team like no disrespect Derby who are just like further down and it's a little bit more a little bit less pressure or you're an assistant for a Premier League team and I feel those are like two very good options and two very good avenues in which to go into it but I feel like if you're a manager and not an assistant it it ta- you need to take longer to learn the craft a little bit more because you can't just go to someone and ask why are you doing this you're yeah. like well i've got to kind of figure this out now for myself because i'm the boss. everyone's asking me yeah so yeah. he was at derby 2018 to 2019 and 2019 then went to chelsea so he was there a year which yeah. I, I i don't i think if wayne can spend two or three years there have patience and like do relatively well i think that's so good for him and I yeah. think, like, if he can start to surround himself with, like we see in the NFL and NBA, you someone a big coach, so like, so Urban Meyer gone to Jacksonville, mm. he's then starting to surround himself with okay guys he trusts, guys that probably do have a little bit more NFL knowledge than he does, and etc. And then you start to build your staff, and then you can. You can he can then go anywhere in the NFL and his staff will probably follow him. And I think yeah. that that's what like you need to build as a manager. And that's what maybe Frank didn't do is necessarily build that group of guys and say, Well, I really like you and I wanted you at the start, but actually it's not working. So I want to kind of try and bring someone else in in a position yeah. that has a lot less pressure. Whereas at the moment he's starting to get tons of pressure on him because it's at Chelsea and you need to have things figured Results. out at Chelsea yeah otherwise like if they can't have Conte there for more than two or three years then you know <clears throat> and he won the league so what are they going to do with Frank mm-hmm. you know yeah I mean and that's what you see with with the you know Pep has a staff I mean even when you watch the all or nothing with Jose Jose brought all his guys in to Tottenham and it was suddenly like right well you were not just hiring Jose we're hiring eight coaches that are coming in and people <laughs> yeah. that he trusts and people that he respects and I think that's yeah I think you're so right there like that's something that you you know you've got to be smart with who you hire as a head coach or in a, or a manager um, but no I think ha- I think when Rooney has the capability to do that it's just whether he I think people yeah I think in some ways it would it would do him well to do badly at the start because if if he does if suddenly Derby get promoted, some Premier League team's going to come knocking. Yeah, like I like what Solskjaer's done. I think he's got Carrick there, Darren Fletcher, you know that group of guys around him that actually is like guys he trusts. He likes their football knowledge, etc. And and that's there. And I think as well the all or nothing with Manchester City. Pep has a guy who played for the Spanish handball team at like four or five Olympics. And he basically has nothing to do with the football side. He's just there for Pep. And he's like always the last person that Pep hugs before a game or something like that. And he's like best mates, basically. And I think that's so good because he has someone that he trusts and people Mm. aren't going to talk about him or like, why is he doing this? Why is he doing that? Because this guy is there for him. And I just hope that maybe like Wayne can start to find someone like that. Yeah. Right. 
I guess that's about it, really, for for football. We've got uh, we're going to do uh, an NFL catch-up episode of sort of this weekend's games and looking forward to um, the AFC and NFC Championship games this weekend. And obviously, we we need to schedule in when we're going to talk to Sam Courty about the yeah. Formula One season. Um, but until then, keep uh, keep making sure that you send in anything you want us to talk about. I might see if I can find. An, a resident expert on the America's Cup because I've been watching a lot of that recently. Yeah, I have Quite having exciting. having watched like the I don't know I'm going to call it like the training weekend where they just raced each other for fun and it didn't mean anything. With you, I've then watched all of the Prada Cup stuff, and I was like, oh jeez, how have they turned this around? <laughs> and then yeah. obviously everyone loves the drama of uh, what happened to the American Magic. Um, um, day three. So yeah, that's that's really exciting. I saw the I saw their boat getting craned out of the uh, out of the water uh, with a big old hole in it. <laughs> yes, please. Like the, crew, the, I mean, the shore crew, the shore crew were like, "Oh, cheers, lads. Oh, yeah, yeah. just just great, just Full just send. great." <laughs> right, uh, but until until next time, please make sure you be a friend and tell a friend about the J Rod Sports Pod. <laughs>